All right, it's the offseason for the Pelicans. So what draft picks does the team have? How many? Where are they going to be? And are they able to make a splash in free agency? And what does the roster look like going into that period? Let's break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with an off-season primer. What draft picks do the Pelicans have? How many draft picks do they have? What can they do in free agency? Who's likely to be re-signed? Who is unlikely to be re-signed? We're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKEDONNBA, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And, of course, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you're an everyday or you listen Monday through Friday, because that's what we do here, I appreciate you. It's going to be a busy offseason for the Pelicans, an interesting offseason for the Pelicans, and we're going to be covering it all here. So let's dive right on in. Let's start with the draft picks because that's going to be the thing that's coming up sooner rather than later. That's the NBA lottery, which will be held next month, and then the draft about a month after that. What's going on with the Pelicans draft pick situation? So there was a lot of talk this season about the Lakers pick, all of that. That is out the window now. I've had a lot of people say the Pelicans have two first-round picks. They have their pick, and then they have the Lakers pick, because if the Lakers pick landed number one overall, they would get Victor Wembanyama. That's not going to be the case. The Pelicans had an option to swap picks with the Los Angeles Lakers, so they would get the better of the two picks. If the Lakers pick was four, the Pelicans could go, we're going to take that, and you get our pick, which right now is 14 for New Orleans. That's out the window because, well, the Lakers were unfortunately better than the Pelicans in the postseason and they have the 17th pick while right now the Lakers have the fourth pick so that is out the window they're going to have one first round pick given that the draft is a lottery to determine the top four spots only the Pelicans could move up from the 14th spot they could get in pick one two three or four they cannot get Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Not a possibility. They're either going to be one, two, three, or four, or 14. So here's the percent breakdown. For them to get the number one overall pick, and they would draft Victor Wembanyama, as every team will be doing, whoever gets the number one overall pick, they have a 0.5% chance. A 0.5% chance. Not a, not a 5% chance, but a 0.5%. To land in the top four, they have a 2.4% chance. Those are their NBA draft lottery odds. Given that they're 14, they can't actually move down. They will either be 14 or 1, 2, 3, or 4. The way this works and why you look at this and Oklahoma City is 12, Toronto's 13, New Orleans is 14. Oklahoma City beat the Pelicans in the play-in tournament, right? 
the way it works is if you don't make the actual postseason, if you don't get out of the play-in tournament, they just slot you based on winning percentage, basically your regular season record. So the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were 40 and 42, whereas the Pelicans were 42 and 40, have a higher draft pick, a better draft pick, even though they beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Just kind of the way that that is set up, that even if you kind of advance a little bit in the playing tournament, doesn't matter, you still end up with your more or less original draft pick. There's a couple ties they need to break, I believe. I don't know if they've done that yet. It doesn't really matter, and it's not going to impact New Orleans in any significant way. Basically, they have very little chance of getting a top four pick. Almost non-existent, but hey, there is somewhat of a chance at Victor Wembinyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, some of the other guys that could be there in the top four. What about the second round? That's also a little bit disappointing. The Pelicans this year do not have a second round pick. If it had landed 31 to 45, they would have. If it went 46 to 60, it went to Atlanta. It landed exactly at 46. So Atlanta owns their second round pick. So the Pelicans in this draft, if I'm doing this right, only have one draft pick, and that's going to be their lottery pick in the first round. Could be one, two, three, or four, or 14. So it still gives them some ammunition and things to do if they want. They could trade that lottery pick, certainly depending on where it's going to fall. And trust me, once we really know where it's going to be, we'll have a whole lot more draft coverage basically starting the day after the lottery. And they also have a number of other first round picks and things that could be available to them. They have a pick swap with the Milwaukee Bucks next year in 2024, likely not going to be used. You know, if the, the, the Bucks are bad and the Pelicans are good, they can get that better pick. They also could get the Lakers pick next year, but they could also defer it until 2025. They completely get that pick, completely get that pick, It's the last kind of remnant of the Anthony Davis trade. It's either in 2024 or 2025. It's up to them. So after that, they also own a Milwaukee Bucks pick that's top four protected. Then they have a swap with Milwaukee and then another Milwaukee pick in 2027. So they still have a number of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Nine, they have nine, nine or ten. I might have counted wrong. First round picks in the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. So they're still not in a bad spot. They still have some things they can do, but right now, this draft is looking like a one pick draft for the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think they're fine with that. I think they're okay with that because we're going to get into their salary cap situation and roster spots, which can be a problem. And that means maybe you don't need to worry about having an extra guy in what you want to do there. So let's break that down and where the Pelicans stand money-wise and roster spot-wise going into the offseason into free agency, which will be in July. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. I had so many people that wanted to go to the play-in tournament game last minute. They were trying to find tickets. It ended up being a sellout. Tickets started to get kind of expensive towards the end. It wasn't an ideal situation, and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. So Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can sign Stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. I really like their app because it's super easy to use. And if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday night, a Sunday night, and all of a sudden you see there's a concert, hop on the Game Time app because there's flash deals on last minute tickets that people are trying to sell. You might be able to score great prices to the show or the concert that you want to go to. So Game Time is the place for last-minute deals. You don't need to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and exclusive flash deals on tickets for virtually everything. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for this reason. Snag the tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No one else comes to you all like this. And again, thank you for all the support this season and as long as I've been doing the show. If you're an everydayer, we got a whole great uh, week's worth of shows. I got them all planned out tomorrow. Is the coaching staff already being shaken up? And what type of moves on the coaching staff do we want to see made? Make sure you give that one a listen and become an everyday, or if you're not already, we're the only show breaking it down like this Monday through Friday, giving you the talk you want without like hot takes and stuff like that either. Just the Pelicans talk that you want to hear. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support the channel, comment down below on YouTube, the number one thing that you can do. So this segment's going to probably bleed into the next one because there's a lot to cover. And this is some of the salary cap stuff from the Pelicans. And I, I would put this on the screen don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, this is also a podcast, so I'll paint you a picture of the mind. Something like that. So let's break down where the Pelicans are going. Free agency. Money is going up, too. So the Pelicans currently, with the people that they will have on their roster guaranteed next year, potentially, are, well, not guaranteed then. Right now, the Pelicans are about $4.24 million away from the luxury tax. We don't know if they'll pay it. We don't know how long they'll pay it for. There's repeater taxes. There's penalties. And as we'll get into in the third segment, things are rapidly changing with a new collective bargaining agreement coming into place that could shake things up even more. So I think the Pelicans want to avoid and don't want to be in the luxury tax right now unless they absolutely have to. And they may this year. Right now, they're $4.24 million away from the luxury tax. That is also without Jackson Hayes and a new contract or anything like that factored in. That is for C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Jonas, Larry Nance Jr., Dyson Daniels, Kyra Lewis Jr., Garrett Temple, Trey Murphy III, Billy Hernan Gomez, Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones. They are four point, whatever I said, two, four million dollars away. Now, Billy Hernan Gomez has a team option for $2.559 million. They cannot pick that up and he becomes a free agent. They could also waive Garrett Temple. His $5.4 million is non-guaranteed. You can just waive him and not pay him that money. If they do that, 
that gets the Pelicans to, and this is like napkin math here, $12.6 million in away from the from the luxury tax. That is not 12.6 they can actually go out and spend. That's not 12.6 of cap space. That's important here. And if they do that, they have 11 players. So you have the first round pick, and let's say it's the 14th overall pick. They don't get lucky. They don't move up. That player is going to be owed around $4 million. So you're looking at about $8.6 million that in some way they could spend. So if you are an over-the-cap team, the way the NBA works is it's a soft cap and then there's a hard cap and then there's these things called the apron and now there's a second apron. We do not need to go into all of that and you honestly don't need to know all of that unless you just really want to get into the minutia of it. This team is in free agency in the offseason, you operate one of two ways. You operate as a cap room team or a or an over the cap team. The Pelicans are going to be operating at an over the cap team. They are over the soft cap. When you have C.J. McCollum making $35.8 million, Brandon Ingram making $33.8, and Zion Williamson estimated to make around $33.5 million, you're operating as an over-the-cap team. This team, as long as those three guys are on the roster, and likely just for like infinity right now, are never going to be a cap space team again. So their big flexibility here was kind of this past year, and they didn't. they're still so close to the luxury tax, they didn't really kind of use it. In that sense. So they're operating as an over-the-cap team. So as an over-the-cap team, you don't have salary cap space to spend. So the way you could add players to your team is through exceptions to the salary cap. Signing your rookie player is a rookie uh, contract exception. You can sign guys to a minimum contract exception. The one that you likely have heard about if you've been following the NBA offseason for any period of time, is something called the mid-level exception. And there's a couple versions of the mid-level exception. There's something called the room mid-level exception. That's if you're a cap space team. Pelicans aren't that, so that's out the window. There is something called the taxpayer mid-level exception. Pelicans aren't in the tax right now, so that's not really their thing, but I'll explain, because it might be. Then there's the one that's kind of in between both of those, which is called the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. And this is usually the mid-level exception that most people think about. You're over the soft cap, but not at the luxury tax threshold. So you get some money to spend to add players to your team. That right now is going up this year. It used to be $10.5 million. You could sign players to a three-year deal on that. It's going up to $12.2 million. So in theory, in theory, the Pelicans could spend up to $12.2 million. If they use that whole amount, especially if they sign their rookie, it puts them into the tax where you're supposed to be using the smaller taxpayer mid-level exception. This does something. It triggers a hard cap. You often hear that thrown about and it scares people. There's limitations if your team is hard capped. You are not allowed to receive players in a sign-in trade. There's a certain amount of money you can like max spend it's not actually the end of the world and doesn't really impact a lot of people or a lot of teams because they're never going to get to those levels anyway. And in fact, the Pelicans were hard capped two years ago because they signed Devontae Graham in a sign-in trade. So being hard capped, if that's what the Pelicans end up doing, is not usually the biggest deal. It just limits things that you could do. I don't know if the Pelicans want to do that and maybe want to keep some flexibility because of all the draft picks that they have. So... You're looking at 12 guys on this roster with the first round pick signed, 
Maybe they sign EJ Liddell, though he's on a two-way deal, so maybe they just want to kind of keep him there. And having not played for this past year, maybe they want to get him a lot of work in the G League just to kind of get back up to speed before signing him to the active roster. You know, and that's without Billy Hernan Gomez. You could pick up his team option at two point, let's call it six million dollars. That takes you down to about what is that, six million dollars to spend, and now you're looking at 13 guys on the roster. You could sign someone with that six million dollars and potentially still avoid or get right up to the luxury tax or pretty close to it. They'd leave them if they spent five million, they'd have about one million in wiggle room. It's not a bad place to be in if you're this Pelicans team, and that gives you what uh, 14 guys now, and now you have an extra roster spot. Maybe you make an uneven trade or something along those lines during the season. You know, that's likely where they're going to maybe end up being. Again, this is back of napkin math at a bar. We're writing some numbers down to try and figure it out. That's kind of where we are. So I might be off on certain things here, but we'll we'll get those a little bit closer, and I'll run it through a spreadsheet. Maybe even share that with y'all a little bit later. So uh, that's kind of where the Pelicans stand. They don't have a ton of flexibility. They could maybe go out and sign a good enough player. Maybe a backup big man depends on what they're doing with Billy Hernan Gomez. I'm sure he doesn't really want to be here. So I wouldn't be shocked if him and his agent are kind of like petitioning the Pelicans to try and like cut him essentially and let him go and be free. Also keep in mind that Najee Marshall's on a team option, so is Herb Jones, and Jose Alvarado's contract is not fully guaranteed, though certainly he's going to be on the team next year. We don't need to worry about that, and then he has a team option after that. So that means Najee and Herb do need new deals. That's that's something worth keeping in mind, too, with long-term planning, because that's something that's going to be really important for the Pels. And look, they could free up some other space, too, by making a trade for Jonas Valanciunas shipping him out, but then you do need to kind of figure out what you're doing at the starting center spot. Sorry. And we'll see. So there's ways to create some of that flexibility too, but there's not a ton of room for the Pelicans to do a whole lot. And with the new CBA coming into place and with it being very punitive to teams that spend a lot of money, how's that going to potentially impact the Pelicans? More importantly, outside of like specifically how it's going to impact the Pelicans, what is their thinking about all of this? The the roster that we just talked about and the upcoming changes to the CBA and the uncertainty with that. I want to look at that because I do think David Griffin was kind of telling in his end of season media availability. Let's break it all down. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take De'Aaron Fox, oh boy, to go over 27 and a half points, you can do it. You want to take Kevin Durant to go over his number for rebounds, assists, whatever it might be, or Kawhi Leonard to go over 30 and a half points. You can do all of that. Prize picks is super simple. Pick two to six players. If they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And they have the projections for the NBA playoffs. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. You look at the numbers. 
More than that or less than that, above it or below it. You're smart. Go put that to use. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything about this team. No one else comes to you like this. No hot takes. No, like, trying to create drama. Man, just Pelicans talk. I love doing this. We recently hit 7,500 subscribers on YouTube for the smallest market in the NBA. That is insane. Thank you. And thank you to the everydayers who tune in Monday through Friday. As I've always said, I do this show because of you, not for you, because of you. Y'all drive me to be better. That's why I'm always trying to get better. Plan out the shows in advance. And tomorrow, coaching staff's already being shaken up. Good, bad, what changes do we want to see? Thursday's show is going to be, what have we learned from the Pelicans this season? I want to talk about culture too, either in that show or also on Friday, maybe both. There's a lot to discuss around this team. We're going to be covering it all. We're not dropping down. We're still five days a week, even in the offseason. No breaks here. So let's keep talking about the Pelicans in this offseason, kind of a, a quick little offseason primer, some of the basics that you need to know or should know. David Griffin, in his end-of-season media availability, I thought gave a little bit of a glimpse of what they're going to try and do. And I think he kind of gave some of it away, as he should. And it's not like this stuff isn't obvious, necessarily. Given they have limited flexibility here, and that trade for Devontae Graham and bringing in Josh Richardson, who's not factored into any of the numbers that I just went over in the last segment, you know, was clearly trying to save some money and get out ahead of that going into this offseason and avoid the luxury tax. If they hadn't done that trade, they'd be in the luxury tax right now. And that's even without Jackson Hayes on the roster. You can, you can maybe duck it waving some players, but you're pretty close, close to it, actually. So... They're, they're very clearly focused on that and trying to give themselves maximum flexibility here and add players they think could make a difference. So I think they're going to make a small move. I don't think it'll necessarily be anything big, but kind of reading of the tea leaves and all that is, I think they do feel that if healthy, they they are good. You heard everyone say at end of season media availability and David Griffin did. He said, you know, I look at it as two seasons. There was before the Zion injury and after the Zion injury. And before the Zion injury, we were the top team in the West. We were a top three seed, a top four seed. And he's not wrong. This team's good. Can you bank on that? Valid question. We talked about it yesterday. And can you, how much redundancy can you build in, right? It's not like you can find a replacement for Zion. So if Zion gets hurt, then cool, we're fine. We got this other guy. That don't exist. So I think they're going to go forward as if Zion's healthy, if BI is healthy, because that's kind of really the situation and all they can do unless they trade those guys or one of them. And by the way, those are going to be shows coming up. Should they trade Zion? What would that even look like? Should they trade BI? What would that even look like? Why would you do those things? Why would you not do those things? They're conversations. They're conversations. I don't think either of those guys is likely to get traded, but we should at least look at it. And it's the offseason. So I don't think they're going to make a ton of changes here. I also do think they're a little bit worried about what the new CBA will look like when they kind of finally wrap their heads around all of the specifics with it. They, David Griffin had said, you know, there's a new CBA. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what the landscape of the NBA is going to look like. And I think he's very 
conscious, and this is a good thing, of the limitations of this market, of being a small market team in general in the NBA. And that if you do some sort of big move and now you're paying the luxury tax and oh no, the luxury tax is way more punitive than it was before, you screw yourself over. And that's not what the Pelicans are trying to do. They do want to build a sustainable winner. Easier said than done. And at a certain point, they will have to pay the luxury tax. But I don't think they're, they could be there this season. They almost, if they really want to be competitive or kind of go up a level, they're going to have to. I don't know if they will. They might. Really could not tell you, but I think they're conscious of long-term planning. So if they don't really make many moves, one, it's because of a lack of roster spots and two, because they don't know what the future is going to hold and a lack of money too, in terms of exceptions and things like that. So it could be a quiet off season. The draft free agency really might be, the draft is going to definitely be big for New Orleans. Another chance to add a young guy or even make a move that day or they're just going to draft a guy they like. And then I think free agency will be like one or two moves. And really that's about it. So it could be a quiet ish off season, but there's still plenty to talk about because this team's really interesting. We're going to do it with the coaching staff tomorrow. So make sure you tune into that one, become an everyday or if you're not already. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.